1: Why did the Son of God allow that violent rebellion to go on? Or to frame the question the way people often do today, why would a good God allow such evil? in the world he created i mean if there's a good god isn't that the objection a lot of times we hear i mean if god is so good why doesn't he do something if god is so good why does he let that happen if god is so good why does he allow this to go on why doesn't he step in why doesn't he stop this
0: the world is constantly changing and not for the better things seem to be going downhill in our world these days in the message today pastor robert will remind you that God didn't cause the mayhem, it's the brokenness of humanity that reveals our need for a Savior. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 9, with today's edition of Main Thing Radio.
1: left off in chapter 11, you know, before I went to Guatemala, we were um, working our way through the book of Matthew. And and there in those first 11 verses of Matthew's gospel, John the Baptist had sent a couple of his students, a couple of his disciples to go and and ask Jesus, are you the one that we were expecting? Or is there another one that we should be looking for? And it was funny because when I was in Guatemala, at, at Calvary Chapel, Antigua, Pastor Luis is teaching through the book of Luke, and he was at exactly the same point. And I, I had already written my message, but you know, he pointed out something that I hadn't thought about, that in those days, the, the Jewish scribes, the experts in the Hebrew scriptures weren't sure. A, a lot of them thought there might be two messiahs, because the Bible speaks of, of a messiah who would suffer and die. But it also speaks of a Messiah who would come and conquer and rule and reign. And, and so they, they weren't really, they didn't understand how to reconcile those two things. And the, you know, we, we talked about before I left the fact that I think John the Baptist, like most of the disciples, you know, clearly thought that Jesus was coming as that conquering king to establish Israel, to set up a kingdom, you know, and rule and reign on the throne of David there from Jerusalem, meaning that he would throw off... Defeat the Roman oppressors. And, and so, you know, John was boldly speaking out against King Herod and his immorality and his adulterous relationship and, you know, his ungodly conduct. And so now John finds himself in prison. And he's thinking, wait, I thought Herod was going to be in prison and I was going to be sitting next to Jesus, you know, and, and uh, on the throne of David and all this. So he sends his disciples and they're like, are you the guy or are you not the guy? You know, should we be looking for another one or, or the, the way the, the original language is worded, uh, you know, another of a different kind? Or, you know, are, are you the Messiah? Should we be looking for another one of a different kind? And, and, and Jesus responded to those doubts, he responded to those questions. And he, told, he pointed him back to Scripture and said, you know, go tell John what you've seen, what you've heard, that the lame are walking, the deaf here, the lepers are cleansed, you know, people are being delivered from demons, you know, the dead are being raised. He said, go tell John that. But then he turns to the crowd and he says to the crowd, no one greater than John, no human greater than John has ever been born. So he affirms to the crowd, John the Baptist. And at the same time, there's there's a bit of a veiled rebuke to the one who put him in prison. Do you understand? A little bit of a veiled rebuke at the governing authorities, King Herod. And that's going to continue now as we move into verse 12. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now. And I mean, think about that statement, right? Because I mean, John's still around. John's in prison, but he's still around. So it's not like, you know, what what he's talking about is this, this period of time in which we're living. He said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I like in this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and and saying, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We mourned to you and you didn't lament. And now Jesus goes on to explain what he means. Because he says, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by our children." Now, this statement from Jesus about violent men taking the kingdom of heaven by force is a statement that seems to have confused a lot of people over the years. It's kind of a baffling thing. And I looked at several different commentaries because I wanted to get a feel for you know, what the Bible scholars and the commentators had to say about this down through the decades and even the centuries. And what I found really intrigued me, a lot of them just ignored it altogether. You know, they just kind of blew past it as if it's not even there. It's like, well, you don't know what to do with that. So we're not going to say anything. We're just going to go to the next paragraph and talk about that for a minute. The ones who did address it disagreed about what he meant. And some of them really were like, you know, it seemed to me they were kind of reaching for an explanation as to what it was Jesus was saying. But I want to suggest to you that it's actually pretty straightforward. If you just bear in mind the fact that the context is John the Baptist is in prison for calling out wickedness. And John the Baptist, he says, is the forerunner, Elijah, the forerunner for the Messiah. He's like, if you, can, if you can get your minds around this, John the Baptist is Elijah. He is the forerunner. He is the one called by God to prepare the way for the Messiah. The implication was, Messiah is not here to do what you thought. He was coming to do. See, you have to understand. But then he makes a statement. He makes a statement about, about violent men. Well, you see, he was very much... Jesus was very much aware that he wasn't generally welcome on planet earth. The king of glory, the creator himself, the one who had breathed earth into existence had come into the world, but violent men, to use his terminology, men who were determined to hold on to their power, hold on to their position, had no intention of surrendering to him, submitting to his authority. They didn't care what the prophets had foretold. They didn't care what the Scriptures had to say. All they cared about was holding on to their power, to their position. Now, listen to me carefully. You have to really digest this to get the full impact of it. Because, see, it wasn't just the political rulers, it was the religious rulers, wasn't it? You know how many preachers would totally reject Jesus if he showed up today? Because they're enjoying too much prosperity. They're they're getting too much out of the deal. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't know who you think you are. This is my church. Do you understand? That's what was going on. All they cared about was maintaining their positions, power, their control. But what confused John the Baptist and continues to baffle people even today is why did the Son of God allow that violent rebellion to go on? Or to frame the question the way people often do today, why would a good God allow such evil in the world he created? I mean, if there's a good God. Isn't that the objection a lot of times we hear? I mean, if God is so good, why doesn't he do something? If God is so good, why does he let that happen? If God is so good, why does he allow this to go on? Why doesn't he step in? Why doesn't he stop this?
0: The first book of the New Testament informs you well about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It details His birth and life, His ministry, and then His death. But it also tells you that He rose again. Jesus is victorious over death, and even more, He's alive today. Your Savior lives, and you can rejoice in that. As you listen to Pastor Robert's message today on Main Thing Radio, you may have realized that you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've been a believer for a while, but you haven't taken steps to actively live for Christ in your daily life. Today's the day to change that. You can start right now. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. We're so glad you joined us today. You can hear more teachings from this series in Matthew right now by visiting mainthingradio.com or just download our mobile app. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Twitter too. There you'll be able to get the latest information on Main Thing Radio and Calvary Miami Beach. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find links at mainthingradio.com. We'd like to meet you too. You're invited to be part of our worship time at Calvary Miami Beach. Just visit the church page under about at mainthingradio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Main Thing Radio.